everybody. My name is Dean Saffron. I'm a commercial and documentary photographer filmmaker. I specialize in human interest stories. You can view my work at deansaffron.com. I also love all furry babies, so I simply had to start a podcast called Furfillment, where each week I will explore a different person's life story and that of their pets. If you want to be on the show or you know a person that should be on the show, please contact us at our Facebook page, Furfillment. Okay, sit back, relax and enjoy. So thanks for joining us, Robin. Yeah, thanks for having me. I was coming back from a photo shoot mm. at the beach and I saw Robin and your beautiful husband. Grant. Grant. Yes. Walking with Max. Yes. And you Ma- nearly caused an accident. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> we, just, we just turned around and saw this person halfway crossed, stopped in the middle of the uh, one lane and all these other people going past giving us dirty looks. <laughs> No, I was like, I've got to stop. I've got to ask, can I please take a photo of you guys for you guys? Yeah, and that was so sweet. Well, it was just kind of weird, wasn't it? Because yeah, perfect timing. Well, explain yeah. Max. Like, Max was in a um, little trolley. Yeah, like a little garden cart, which is perfect when you have a 30 kilo plus German Shepherd, I should say. And yeah. it's amazing. He loves the cart, doesn't he? Does. He does. Yeah, yeah. He totally loves it. Yeah. At first, he was a bit unsure, um, but he loves it now. And yeah, he just he looks forward to four o'clock, which is his cart ride time. So we're eating into his <laughs> cart time. That's all right. No wonder why he's glaring at you, but he'll get over it. He'll forgive you. We've had him ever since we he's been a puppy, um, and he's he's now fourteen. So we're really lucky to um, we felt lucky when we got him to ten because most people said you know big dogs German shepherds you know they might not make it to ten. So yeah, ever since ten we've just every year has just been a celebration. It's been awesome. So fourteen, um, and yeah, he's pretty much always been the same. Very mellow. Obviously, a lot more active when he was younger. Um, and so the whole reason behind the cart was because we used to be so active with him and taking him walks all the time and it was just breaking our heart that he couldn't go down to his favorite park, which is that park. So that we saw you at, but you have to, but you got to remind everybody how you first saw Max. Cause you, you know, you approached me in the, in the park. <laughs> okay. So I was terrified. I was like, like, I just to set the scene, Max is huge. Yeah. And Max was just looking at me like, should I eat this man? <laughs> <laughs> and I do a bit of weight on, so he was going, oh, this could be a good feed. <laughs> Tempting. But thank goodness he didn't. So he's sitting here with his football. What, what, he loves his football? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And his younger day, that was like his, yeah, his toy. So he, he's actually got a pig around here somewhere that he's had his entire life. And that's the only toy that he doesn't destroy bet- between the pig and this football. Those are like his two favorites. Everything else gets destroyed. And, and is that because you guys love footy yourself? Or? Oh, no. I don't, I don't know the first thing about footy, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to you. So tell yeah. us about yourself. You're in. Yeah. You came from Canada. America. America. Oh, jeez. Gotta leave. Uh-huh. Gotta leave. Whereabouts? I'm actually from Idaho originally. Yeah, which is um, Pacific Northwest. For those people who don't know, um, which is south of Canada. Are yeah. you like a cow girl? Is that where you originally came from? Mm, more like a logger girl. We've we've got big trees. <laughs> <laughs> You're a logger girl. And a girl. potato potato girl as well. Yeah, we've got logging pretty much forest in the north, and then in the south we've got potatoes. Did you come from a logging family or a potato mm-hmm. family? Mm-mm. No, actually none of the above. Well, I we do. My family did have like a small hobby farm. 
I guess, you know, um, my father was an aviation mechanic. I don't know if you call that professional or not. And my mom was, you know, social kind of social worker. So, so what profession did you get into then? I actually got into, um, we like to laugh and call it human remains, but it's <laughs> otherwise known as HR. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, that's how we kind of know it in the industry, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I come from background in HR. <laughs> so tell me then, um, how did you meet Grant? How did, oh gosh, that's kind of a funny story. We were both, I was, we were both living in Perth, both doing fly in, fly out. And I was looking for a housemate. So I actually, Grant, when I met Grant, he actually had Max. So he was, he was four when I came on the scene. Yeah. So he, um, so I, yeah, I was doing fly in, fly out and I actually put it, post up an ad on Gumtree. And I said, I'm looking for a flatmate who lives in this specific suburb. And I wanted somebody that had a dog. <laughs> and who is and, hot. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, I wasn't really thinking about that. I wasn't worried about that. That's for sure. And um, yeah, and he responded to my ad going, you know, you sound like you would fit in really well in our house. I have a dog and I live in that suburb and I too treat my home like a sanctuary, which was one of my criteria. And why yeah. did you want a dog? I just um, did. I would, I just always, I wanted a dog and I thought what, what better thing to have a flatmate who lives in that specific suburb with a dog and can do fly and fly out. So that means that he's never there. So I'm never there. He's never there. So we'll just pass each other and we can share this dog. I mean, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then we ended up liking each other. <laughs> so then how did that happen then? Like, how did you, so you, you were never there in the same space at the same time? Well, we were actually, it's kind of funny because we checked a sickie <laughs> <laughs> for about a week <laughs> and that was, yeah. And then we kind of had some overlap and we were like, oh, okay. Hey, yeah, you're kind of cute. And you know, I don't know. Hey, we live together. Oh, I don't know. And then it just kind of, I don't know. We just thought. We kind of started hanging out, which is easy to do when you live together. We just had sleepovers. <laughs> into each other's different room. Yeah. I'm having a sleepover. I'm going into That's Grant's right. room today. I've yeah. got to pack all my gear. Yeah. It's down the hall. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's the, it's the secret to a successful relationship. You can have two separate bedrooms. And we did for, for probably up until we moved here. Yeah. And we've been together for 10, 11 years. And uh, yeah, it's awesome because you just get your own space. I had my own bathroom. I had everything the way I wanted it. He had his own bedroom and we just have sleepovers. It's great. <laughs> That's brilliant. That keeps the romance yeah. going. And did, mm. did Max mm. go, did he have his own space or did essentially he stay with you some nights in your mm. bedroom? Yeah. You know, it's funny because Max was the relationship that Grant had with Max was quite different. It was, Ma it was Grant's first dog. So Max was always outside. Like he always slept outside. He always fed him down in this like back shed and everything like that. And then, um, as I came on the scene, I kind of, he slowly crept into the house and that's how Grant always kind of laughs about it. Um, because he very much became an inside dog. So he used to start sleeping inside. And of course, when Grant was working away and I'd be there all on my own, I'd be like, well, why not? Let's spoil the guy, you know? So, yeah, so he started sleeping inside and sleeping in, like, not in my bed, but in my bedroom. And um, and then, of course, Grant would come home and he'd be like, oh, right, we've got some new furniture here. <laughs> <laughs> and Max was like, yeah, this is, this, is, this is new. This is what I do now. This is my new routine. So um, we did take him to a dog sitter once, and she loved him so much. We went away for, like, a week, and she had this couch futon thing that she used to let him sleep on. And um, I said to Grant, I'm kind of worried about that because it might start a new like a new habit, I'm really worried. Anyway, sure enough, we come home. First night we get we get back to the house, he comes in, he goes up and just plonks his rear end on the couch. And we were just like, we just broke out <laughs> laughing. 
because he's never ever done that before. And by this point, he was probably about six or seven, and um, and it was kind of. And then he just looked over at us, and I was like, oh, he's trying it on. Like he's to- we're like, bitch, or free, but off of there. And then he never, he never ever tried again. That's the only time. And that's the thing about German shepherds is you give them an inch and they take a mile. So you have to, they constantly, you have to constantly recheck the boundaries every day. He he will push the boundaries every day, even at 14. He may look sweet. Oh, don't be mistaken about that sweet face. Every day, there's our boundaries being challenged. Yeah. So they really? Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's good. It keeps you on your toes, but it does. It does wear you down. He just does what he wants to do. What sort of traits <laughs> does he have? Like, do you think he's Stubborn. very human-like? Ah, uh, look. You know, <laughs> you want to think they are until they like lick their butt or something like that. <laughs> he, said, oh, he said, don't share my secrets. <gasps> sorry, mate. I know. I'm oh. sorry. You are human. He is quite intuitive. He he does know. Um, he does know things. If, if people are upset or if like, like if there's, I mean, heaven forbid, we never argue, but if there was a couple, let's just, you know, for example, cause I've got a friend <clears throat> and, um, like if they were having an argument <laughs> or a bit of a debate, <laughs> a debate, darling, <laughs> a debate, yeah. he would fully like get in the middle. Like he'd come in looking all worried. He's the peacekeeper. He'll like step in between like, really? yeah, that's, that's fully what he does. Yeah. And he, and he'll, um, yeah. So he's definitely like, he knows he's intuitive. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I trust their character on people as well. Yeah. So he's very much like, um, you know, there's some people he'll just love straight away and other people, um, you know, he's he's not settled with. Like, so, I mean, I guess it's like an instinct thing. I think people have that as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Those are probably some of the human traits. You know what? I'll tell you a secret. He's probably less concerned about the mob and he's more <laughs> concerned about his ball. So even if a burglar broke in, he'd be like, dude, the jewels are over there. Like, there's all the jewelry. There's the cash. If you'll just throw that ball, like, we're we're good. So. <laughs> Dude, just take everything. But, mate, before you leave, because I know you're busy, yeah. uh, throw me a bone and definitely throw that ball. See that football? Yes. Love yes. the football. Love yes. the football. Love the football. Exactly. Don't tell anybody because he looks very vicious. <laughs> They're intense. They have a very intense look. And I think that, um, you know, German Shepherds generally aren't tail waggers like, you know, like a Cocker Spaniel might be. So when he's wagging his tail, usually German Shepherds will wag their tail if they're unsure. So if you see a security dog and they're, and they're running up and down like a fence, let's say, or, or he's patrolling, you'll see him like wagging his tail because he's, it's more that he's unsure. Yeah. He's never really been one to, he might wag his tail and gets excited to see somebody, but if he doesn't know you, he'll just give you that dead blank stare. (laughs) And to the, and to the untrained eye, he's intimidating, which is great for us. Yeah, it works. I mean, I was going to run away even today and he can't walk. Yeah, like his whole body. What can we do for legs and spine? Because he needs a, he needs a full, he needs a full uh, transplant. We come to that. That's probably in the future. I mean, really, if you look at how far we've come, we've got people with, um, you know, dogs. A lot of Alsatians or German Shepherds will have the carts because they get, they actually get a degenerative, um, like arthritis of their spine. And so a lot of them will have like these carts and they can carry themselves on their front legs and they're, they become paralyzed essentially from from about three fourths of the spine back. So, you know, if we, if we've come that far and we do that, I mean, who knows if we'll be able to have like, you know, bionic parts, I guess, for, for dogs. I'm not a science person. I don't know if that's the right word. Oh, you said you want bionic parts. You're saying that you're saying that's a word. He's deaf, I should add. So maybe it's my hand movements. 
<laughs> he knows kind of like we actually started teaching him sign language when he went deaf. No way. Um, yeah, because we he had always known commands with our hands, but we just started using him a lot more so that we could um, because we because so much of what you do is you control your dog through your voice and you're speaking and you give them commands. And so you don't when you lose that, you have no control over them, like, you know, for their own safety um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, so we started teaching him sign language and we started noticing that his hearing was going over like a six month course, not like there's not a whole bunch of commands. There's only like maybe a handful. He won't be on TV like, you know, behind the premiere, like, you know, um, relaying the messages in sign language or anything like that. But he does know, um, yeah, he does know certain things like to get up and to stop and to, you know, other other things. Yeah. So, yeah. How long did it take to teach him these things? They're so smart. That's the thing with shepherds. They're so smart, so easy to train. So, and you'd be surprised, like even with Rory, like if, if he starts to lose his hearing, if you start teaching them some commands, um, yeah, it really helps. Yeah, it's it's they're so clever. We we don't give them enough credit, honestly, Dean. Dogs are so intelligent. Um, what was he like when he was um, little? Like, yeah, I can I can give you anecdotal stories from Grant um, yes. because um, I know Grant nearly gave him away. Yeah, because he was no, a, Grant. Yeah, I know, naughty Grant. Um, but I remember saying to him because he, I said, "How did you go when he was like teething?" And anybody who's had a puppy, and especially a German Shepherd, they have like piranha great white shark teeth that, you know, they're vicious and, um, they love to chew on you. And, and I remember cause I, I had a German shepherd back in the States and I remember her when she was very small being that way. And, uh, I said to Grant, how did you cope? <laughs> he said, well, he goes, I used to go out the back in my still cap boots and my high vis, my long sleeve shirts. And that's how I'd play with them. He said, but it got to the point where he was just, I'd come out with like blood all over my arms that I just, I seriously thought I can't, I got to give this dog away. He's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> but the magical thing about dogs and you've got dogs as well or yes. a dog is yes. that when they turn two there's like a there's like a switch in their brain that flicks and they just become like a really nice normal dog what is with that i don't know we, um... <laughs> maturity i think it happens to all of us no <laughs> no sense. i, I haven't no common has it, sense has it, hasn't flicked for you yet no and i'm 50 <laughs> so when's it gonna flick help me sister like the reality is Everyone thinks a dog's just a, a dog and th there's this thought pattern where they think that yeah. um, just scavenger animals, so they do yeah. whatever we need to survive. Yeah. yeah. And I don't believe that. No. I believe they're part of the family. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think that, I, I think sometimes maybe it takes a dog to break the mold for you. And then I think that's, you know, um, and then I don't know. And then it's just different. They become like your, they're totally your fur child. Like, yeah, I mean, I... Ugh, think about Rainbow Bridge and you think about the green dream and all that stuff and oh and I just always think I'm not ready I'm not ready I'm not ready because you Can just you want more time the, the green dream yeah. <laughs> well we know that Maxie is probably getting close um, we don't know we're just everybody tells us that we'll know when the time is right um, so even our vet so we're just taking it day by day and we've kind of set out a little bit of a strategy so that we know when he stops doing certain things um, like when he doesn't want to get up and go for a cart ride or he doesn't want to go in the car because he loves the car um, or he doesn't want to play with his toy, then it's probably time. Because we know he's in pain. The reality is he's definitely in pain. He's on seven to eight painkillers a day, anti-inflammatories. But we, um, you know, and it's hard because you feel family and friends kind of intimate that you should put them down. Um, and just because they're having inconsonance um, issues, that can be managed. Um, but it's not for everybody. And, and I would never judge anybody who doesn't want to do that. But for us, we just, you know, we just said, we'll know when the time's right. We're just 
we're not ready and we don't feel that he's ready. So, but we know it's coming. We just try and cherish each day. Well, other personalities change too, I guess, you know, and they become, you know, he's like a gentleman now. He used to be a little kind of, you know, maverick, you know, a bit rambunctious when he was younger and full of beans. And now he's just a gentleman, you know, kind of sitting there with his cigar and his, you know, his glass of port and uh, <laughs> keeping an eye on the world. And he's going, yeah, I've had a good life. We, we definitely feel like he's had a good life. So that gives us peace. If he could speak, what, what do you think he would say about would his say, life? I would hope, I would hope that he would say um, that he's had a really good run. He's driven across Australia. Like he's, there's not many places in Australia that he hasn't been. He's been on two flights. <laughs> <laughs> two planes. Like he flew from Perth to Sydney and Sydney back to Perth when, when we moved overseas for two years. Um, our family looked after him. And uh, so I feel like he'd, 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 probably, he'd probably have some good, um, some good stories. <laughs> what about the um, trip across Australia? I mean, most people don't even do the Nullarbor. So no, no, that's right. What yeah. do you reckon? You, what, what was his highlights on that? Did he yeah. get excited when he go, went to a new town? Or? He was just like car rides, but I think he was kind of like, shit, this is one long ass car ride. Um, you know, and I think he was thinking, oh my God, when's this going to end? But um, it was his first time camping and it was hilarious because we, we, you know, we just, we wanted to get over here and it took us about four or five days from Perth and we just, you know, last minute, my husband and I just said, let's just pack a tent. Like, so we literally went down to Big W, bought this like $25 tent, excuse me, went to Kmart, got some like blow up mattresses and we're like, yeah, let's do this. And then we were like, what are you gonna do with Max? And we're like, I don't know, we'll just make him fit. And so we put up, you know, we're stumbling and just driven like 10 hours the first night and we're setting up our tent at some roadside place in the middle of God knows where and set up the tent and he just walked in and just plopped himself in between the two air mattresses. Mind you, he did try and get on the air mattress. <laughs> he was like, oh, this one's for me. And we're like, dude, no, it's not happening. And he just plumped in between us. Um, what was a bit unfortunate halfway through the trip though, is that he must've picked up Guardia. <laughs> no! So we would like flip a coin as to who would be on which end of it because he, he's, he's so big, right? So he's either his head's at one end or his <laughs> bum's at the other. And of course, if anybody's ever had a dog that has Guardia, you know what comes after. <laughs> but he was starting to have some upset, upset tummy and some gas. So, you know, we, you know, you'd just be sleeping in the middle of the night and you'd be like, oh, oh Max, ooh. Like, you know, like open up the flaps. You hear the like on the tent, you know, and it's just like, get some air. You know, so it was, that was probably a highlight. <laughs> If you don't train them properly and you don't walk them and do all the things that you need to do, they develop these kind of obscure, kind of odd behaviors. Like what? Um, like, you know, running up and down a fence, you know, just constantly, almost like crazy behavior. Or yeah, no. I do that on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk to the wife. <laughs> you got to talk to the wife. <laughs> got to get you out more. <laughs> <laughs> She's not letting me out. I'm running up and down the fence. That's what I do. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, gosh, you got like a little paved path, do you? I do. It's huge. You should see it. It's now a 10-foot trench. Oh, my gosh. But the thing about dogs is that we often exercise them, right? And it's it, that's good physically, but we also, we're like, they need mental stimulation as well. And especially these really smart breeds. I like to think he's really smart, and I like to think they're all smart. They just need some stimulation. Yeah. But you did see, you saw that, you saw that, um, like, YouTube thing that was going around where all those people were um, putting up the towels, the video, and they yeah. put up the towels and they disappear. Yeah. So there's plenty of smart breeds on there that were getting confused by that. You yeah. Know? So, you know. I got confused by that. <laughs> I was going, oh my God, honey, you're a magician. But so yeah. is there anything you think Max 
would like to say to everybody on his final sort of statement in this podcast? I think he would just love to say thanks for listening and we hope that everybody out there is, um, you know, in their forever home and that they're being loved and cared for and um, and that when it's your pet's time to pass, I think it's really important that you're there with them um, to help them go over Rainbow Bridge so they're not looking for you. So I think just make their last few days comfortable and I think that's what he'd be saying. Just go out there and make the most of it. While producing this podcast, Max did pass away and he certainly was loved by Robin and Grant, and he did live his life to the fullest. And I think that's a lesson for all of us to grab every moment. I can't thank you enough, Max and Robin, for allowing us to actually be part of your life and share your journey to everyone in the world. Rest in peace, Max. Peace and love.